Our sermon text this morning is from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 through 9, and then verses 18 to 23. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Listen, then, to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is a seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke out the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. This is the word of God for the people of God. Well, the moment has finally arrived. I am finally, at last, in the presence of the Lord's people and my congregation. Glory be to God. (laughs) Needless to say, I am overjoyed about being here Standing before you as your next pastor, you have no idea how excited I am. Let's use your imaginations for a minute. Can you imagine your pastor turning cartwheels right now? (laughs) I'm more excited than that. Thank you again for the gracious hospitality that you have showered, literally showered, upon me. The cards, the calls, the gifts, and the preparation of the parsonage for my arrival and usage. And I'm looking right now at trusty Rick, who has gone beyond the call of duty. Amen? to make sure that the parsonage was ready for me. Thank you. 
And to God be the glory for all that God has done leading up to this moment and for what God will do with us as God's pastor and people. During a recent conversation with our bishop, Bishop Julius Trimble, Bishop Trimble shared with me that just as with long, happy marriages, eventually couples have to say goodbye to one another. Congregations, too, have to say goodbye to clergy. He went on to say that with the COVID-19 virus, congregations cannot grieve as they would normally grieve when a pastor leaves. After a few minutes, he, he shared with me, Michelle, during these times of the COVID-19 pandemic, God has provided someone the congregation can be a tremendous gift to and who will be a gift to them. Today, Evangel Heights Church family and Friends, as we begin our ministry together, may we discover the gift that God desires us to be with one another. Let us pray. Awesome and ever-revealing God, I give you thanks for this moment. Through this appointment divine assignment, you will reveal yourself to me and to this congregation in new and different ways. Help us to recognize you in our midst. And now as I prepare to preach your word, hide me behind the cross of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone may be seen and heard. In his name I ask and give you thanks Amen. The title of the sermon today is Unblemished Fruit. And someone may be thinking, what a strange title for a very familiar biblical text. Let me begin by saying that there is a danger that we must all be aware of when we preach from a familiar passage of Scripture or when we listen to a familiar passage of scripture. Familiarity can breed complacency on the part of the pastor and the people. We each may believe that we already know what the scripture will say to us. Now, married couples can attest to this. If you are not intentional about keeping the spark of surprise in your marriage, you know, like having date nights, sharing wonderful notes with one another, surprising one another with special texts throughout the day. You get the message, the, the idea. If you're not careful, complacency can set in. And then, well, you know what happens. You begin to treat the other person in a routine, non-special kind of way. 
When it comes to the word of God, the word that the writer of Hebrews in chapter 4, verse 12 describes as, and I quote, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing until it divides soul from spirit, joints from marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. End of quote. When it comes to the word of God, if the familiarity breeds complacency is, is because we have not fully engaged with this living and active word. So let's look at the word of God for today's people of God. What Jesus Christ in today's parable uses the technique of speaking a parable because according to the commentator for the Gospel of Matthew, Mr. M. Eugene Boring of a divinity school, if you want to know the name of the school, I'll tell you afterwards. And I quote, Jesus uses a parable because his unique message requires a new form of communication a new and unsettling departure in religious communication. I would suggest to you, my brothers and sisters, that just as in Jesus' day, the parables that Jesus taught left the hearers uncomfortable because they caused the hearer's understanding and the hearer's world to be challenged, I would suggest to you that today the message of the parable may leave some people uncomfortable as well. The parable is, according to Adolf Ulicker's work, one point. That's its purpose, to lift up one point. And that point, according to theologian C.H. Dodd, is for eschatological reasons. Each parable in its original setting in the message of Jesus Christ communicates something about Jesus' realized eschatology or the presence of the kingdom of God. And that eschatology in the process of realization helps us to understand that the kingdom of God is both already and not yet, already, and not yet. And so the parable that was read in your hearing today focuses on the kingdom of God, where, as Dr. Gongwer mentioned on last Sunday, is where the king reigns. We have the story of a sower who sows seeds on a variety of soil and gets different results. We know that for Matthew's purposes, Jesus Christ is that sower. The seed is the word of God, and the soil represents the hearts of humanity who hear the word of God. As the parable states, different people react differently to the word of God, which begs me to ask all of us the question, what is your reaction? to the word of God? Where do you find yourself 
when it comes to the description of the different kinds of soil. Let's look at this parable and let's see what we can glean from it for our use. What we know is that the soil that is most open and ready to receive the word of God is the soil that is able to bear crops that produce 160, 30 times what was sown in what I refer to as unblemished soil. Notice that the seed that was sown in the word of God is sown, if you will, in the soil of an individual's heart. Unblemished fruit, beloved, refers to people who are open to receiving the word of God. Unblemished fruit refers to disciples of Jesus Christ. Here's the question that I have to ask us today. What will it take for us as disciples of Jesus Christ who are in this sanctuary, who are watching via online, who are even possibly tuned in to the radio station, what will it take for us, the disciples of Jesus Christ, to claim for Jesus Christ's kingdom this community that's known as South Bend and beyond. What will, it claim, what will it take for us to claim as disciples of Jesus Christ individually and corporately to advance God's kingdom here on earth where the person, the character, the conduct, the conversation of Jesus Christ is recognized wherever we go because we are intentional about making sure that Jesus Christ lives in us and through us. What will it take for us as disciples of Jesus Christ to be who Jesus Christ is calling us to be? Well, first and foremost, it will take a willingness for us to follow Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. If we are to be the unblemished fruit, if we are to be the disciples of Jesus Christ that will reclaim our mission field known as South Bend, Michiana, and beyond, then we must, we must be the disciples of Jesus Christ who remain available to Jesus Christ at all times. There are some people who believe that we should be available to Jesus Christ on Sunday mornings and maybe Sunday afternoons, but Monday through Saturday, well, pastor, that's my time. That's my family's time. No, as disciples of Jesus the Christ, the time that we are given, it all belongs to Jesus the Christ. So, First, if we are to be the disciples, the unblemished fruit, who will advance God's kingdom here on earth, beginning in our neighborhood community of South Bend and beyond, first and foremost, we must be connected to Jesus Christ, which means that we are available to him. 
and we must abide in him. In John chapter 15, verse 5, we read these familiar words. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes. Be available to Jesus Christ. Abide in Jesus Christ. Focus on Jesus Christ, the one who has called us to discipleship and who has equipped us through the Holy Spirit with gifts that will help us to be that kingdom witness wherever we go. And we must celebrate who we are individually. You and you and you and you and you, you must celebrate your unique self. There is no one else like you. That's the good news. Here's better news. There is no one else like you. And God has created you, gifted you to be you so that you can have the impact and influence that God is calling you to have. And, and here's the good news. Here's the good news. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how young you are. Young people, God has created you and you and you in a unique way so that you can be the disciple of Jesus Christ, making a difference where you are. Yes, we, we disciples, we are the unblemished and bountiful fruit because we are connected to Jesus the Christ, and therefore we are free from human-made limitations. And, I, and I'll just tell you, I, just, I will have to name some of the limitations that people even within the church are clinging to that society has placed upon people, limitations that do just that they limit people. Because we are disciples of Jesus Christ, because we are unblemished and bountiful fruit, that means we are free from society's limitation that says you are the wrong gender. We are free from society's limitation that says you are too old. We are free from society's limitation that says you are too young. We are free from society's limitation that says you come from the wrong part of town. We are free from society's limitations, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. We are free to serve individually and to serve corporately as the body of Christ. We are free to go where Jesus Christ will lead us. We are free to continue to be more and more and more fruitful for the kingdom of God.
And this is what I do know about you, Evangel Heights. I know that you've not just started bearing unblemished fruit. I know that over the years, you've shown love, you've shown compassion, you've encouraged others, you have helped individuals who needed assistance when there was a need. You showed concern about children and youth. You made sure there was an educational wing. You made sure there were teachers trained to teach your children. You made sure there were staff on board. You made sure that all of the studies and the plans were in place so that anyone who came through this door on their own or by virtue of your having invited them would experience the teaching, the preaching, the Bible study, and the fellowship that had benefited you because you wanted them to also grow up and become unblemished fruit, disciples of Jesus Christ. This is who you are. This is who we are, and this is who we will continue to be, training, offering fellowship, preaching, making sure that individuals realize that no matter who they are, where they come from, God has a place for them here at Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, and we need them so that together we can go forth beyond these four walls and advance God's kingdom here on earth. Yes, we are in the unblemished fruit discipleship-making business. You can't say amen, but you can say it silently. No limitations for us. For such a time as this, you are here, and I am here. And I don't know about you, but I am thankful to be here. Opportunities await us. Opportunities await us to be the fruit, the disciples to the world, a world that is hurting, longing to discover if there's anything more to life than just having fun and leading a purposeless life. We have the answer. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we have the answer. And Jesus Christ is that answer. So I don't know about you, but I'm excited. I'm excited about how God will lead us to claim our mission field. I'm excited about what God is going to whisper in your ear, church council, what God will whisper in our ears as laity of the congregation. I'm excited about what God is poised to do with us because we're ready. We're ready for that next chapter in the life of the church. Glory be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. 
I give you thanks for this congregation, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, and for the plans that you have for us, plans that will advance, expand your kingdom here on earth as we engage with our mission field, our immediate neighborhood, the city of South Bend, and beyond. Give us the ongoing desire to and the discipline to serve you as the people of faith and as the community of faith known as the Evangel Heights United Methodist Church. May all that we say, may all that we do, may the ways that we act and behave and think <laughs> bring glory and honor to your name. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen.